I lived principally in the country as a girl and passed a considerable time in Scotland. I made occasional visits to the more picturesque parts, but my habitual residence was on the blank and dreary northern shores of the Tay, near Dundee. Blank and dreary on retrospection, I call them. They were not so to me then. They were the airy of freedom and the pleasant region where unheeded I could commune with the creatures of my fancy. Mary Shelley, in the introduction to the 1931 edition, Frankenstein. Welcome to Tea, Toast and Trivia. Thank you for listening in. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I am looking forward to sharing this moment with you. Who was Mary Shelley? What is her connection to Dundee? What influence did Dundee have on her writing of Frankenstein? I am delighted that I am traveling virtually to Dundee, Scotland, where I am meeting up with my friend John Quinn, lyricist, writer, and poet, to discuss these questions. I invite you to put the kettle on and add to this exciting dialogue on tea, toast, and trivia. Welcome, John. Thank you for joining me today. I am so pleased that you have taken time to meet with me and talk about Mary Shelley and Frankenstein. Hello. Please give my greetings to Vancouver. How did Mary Shelley come to live in Scotland? What is her connection to Dundee? She was sent here by her father, and the thinking of her biographers is that it was partly to do with her health to send her away from London and the southeast of England, which were heavily crowded. Dundee, 200 years ago or so, would be a rather different place from today. Also, that the family her father sent her to were called Baxter. They were a huge textile dynasty in this area, but they were also religious dissenters, as was Mary Shelley's father. It is thought that these were the two main reasons why she made two lengthy visits to Dundee in 1812 and 1813. The cottage where they stayed, cottage is a misnomer of a description. I think it was a rather larger house than that. These days it's about a mile or so from the heart of the city. In those days it would have been very much on the fringe or the edge of the city. You said Dundee was very different 200 years ago. How different was it? 18th century and very early 19th century was a prosperous borough of perhaps around 30 to 40,000 people. By the end of the 19th century, as a result of the explosion of the jute industry, population had more than quadrupled. The coming of the jute industry, which was huge in relation to the size of the city, kind of skewered the perception of the place for most of the 19th and first part of the 20th century because there were jobs in this rapidly expanding jute industry. Mary Shelley kind of, I suppose, got in and go out before that kind of explosion happened. But by the end of the 19th century, it was quite heavily industrialised place. 
What does bring us back to Mary Shelley was the whaling industry, which kick-started the jute industry. The Royal Research Ship Discovery to take Captain Scott to the Antarctic was built in Dundee because the city at that time had the capacity to build whaling ships, large ships that could cope with the polar conditions. That's why Discovery was built here. There was whale oil available, and that whale oil could be used to soften the fibres of raw jute and make various things with it. It was used for sacking and packaging in the 19th century. It was used for floor coverings. It was used on the wagon trains going west. It was used in sandbags in the First World War. It's a very flexible, cheaply available material. Today, it's more kind of niche things. They make women's shoes, they can make dresses. The plant is good for the environment and literally used all over the world. It's plant of vegetable fibre, which has grown in India and Bangladesh for thousands of years. It's mentioned in the Bible, and the Roman historian Pliny the Elder talks of it being used in certain cultures for culinary purposes. So the jute plant's been around a long time, but it came to Dundee about 200 years ago because the British Empire was the superpower of its day and told the world trade. Mary Shelley said that Dundee was blank and dreary. But I have been to Dundee. There is nothing blank and dreary about it. It is a beautiful part of the world. That comment has actually always infused me a little because that was made before the jute industry changed the picture. Now, many years on from the demise of the jute industry, there's a whole new story being about tourism and travel. If you have been to Dundee, you may know we have a lovely setting. In many people's opinion, easy on the eye, as you might say. But the area, the hinterland round about it, which is what Mary Shelley would have seen, I'm not sure where that particular comment came from, but it's thought by her biographers that the, over, the wider landscape and viewing the whaling industry were influences on the writing of Frankenstein. Dundee, they called it Blubber Town, I understand, ignited her imagination, and it had such a great influence. She saw progress as it had never been seen before. That's a slightly pejorative nickname. <laughs> it has other nicknames, such as the Women's Town, the Radical Town. The other thing I should perhaps have pointed out earlier is that at that point, the cottage where she stayed, and all that remains of it today is a plaque high up on the wall. But in those days, she wouldn't have actually been in the town itself. She would have been on the edge of it. Biographers are quite clear in the view that the overall landscape and the whaling industry were, were influences in the writing of Frankenstein. First of all, I think it's fair to say that the era we are in now is a very different one from the one previously where history and heritage were not regarded in the same way. Today we're in an era where working hard in a lot of ways to preserve the history and heritage of the city and not only preserve the history and heritage of a city, but also to use that as an economic lever and a generator of business through tourism and visitors to the city.
a lot of things in the 20th century certainly were knocked down when there was a drive towards modernism, as I'm sure you're aware of that. There was a sense in the past and you leave it alone kind of thing rather than use it. So how does Dundee remember Mary Shelley? Nowadays, a very different attitude. In short, there's not a, a huge thing about Mary Shelley in and around the city. As I say, there's a plaque on the wall of where the cottage was. There are historians and, and writers remember, but it's not the biggest aspect of the city's history. And yet, there's something ironic about that, given you know how iconic Frankenstein became. One final thing I would add there is Pression in Scots, where you say, I can his father, I knew his father. And it's a way of saying, don't get too above yourself or don't get too carried away with yourself with what you've done or achieved because you never know what's round the corner. And there may be a wee bit of that in the city not making a huge amount about someone like Mary Shelley. came to mind when you said that Dundee grew exponentially. Where did everyone live? <laughs> a very good question. The Duke owners, the Duke Barnes, did not build housing consequent to numbers of people. Because of the Duke industry, people poured in in their droves. They came from the rural hinterland, that's the counties of Angus and Perthshire. They came down from the highlands of Scotland in the aftermath of the Highland Clearances, when, as you may know, a lot of people who had cleared off the land in the Highlands emigrated to Canada and the US. Many of them took the King's Shilling and joined the British Army, but many of them moved to the towns and cities of lowland Scotland, including Dundee. But the biggest number who came to Dundee to work in this burgeoning jute industry were from Ireland in the aftermath of the famine in Ireland. I have an Irish name, Quinn. Uh, there are thousands of Irish names in this city. If you ask people in Britain about cities with large Irish populations, most people will select Glasgow and Liverpool because they're on the west coast. But Dundee on the east coast had a huge Irish population and the jute industry was the draw. And people living in some of the most dreadful conditions in these huge numbers. I quoted the quadrupling of the population there were a few hundred houses built and they weren't necessarily houses you would want to live in. There was a report in the early 20th century um, by the Dundee Social Union, which was a, a kind of charity of its day, if you like, which quoted over half the population living in one room. It was cramped, overcrowding, poor, dreadful standard of housing. And that, of course, had a huge effect on people's health. In terms of the workers in the jute mills, we were mostly women and children. Um, the life expectancy was at 40, whereas out with the city, um, where the jute owners and barns went and had large houses with servants and so on, it was in the 70s. So to answer your question in short, there was very little in the way of an attempt to build, to provide housing, let alone adequate housing, for the thousands who poured in to the city to work in the Jew industry. So what I have heard this morning, I understand now why Mary Shelley 
was taken with Dundee because there was so much happening. Even in her time, there was something powerful about the city. That's nice of you to say that. Speaking as a Dundonian and a Scot, I appreciate that. After the death of the Jute industry, Dundee historically uh, has been a city that has renovated and reinvented itself. And one of the ways it has reinvented itself is as a destination for tourism. Um, uh, the V&A, as you may know, on the waterfront, the Eden Project coming here in a couple of years. Um, it's a centre for computer games and digital industries, um, biomedicine at the university and so on. It's not a large city, right? We're talking today a population of 150-odd thousand people. Dundee is reinventing itself in a lot of ways and it has done that down the centuries. And I'll leave you with that thought. John, I have in my hand your CD of songs about Dundee and how Dundee fits into the global world. One of them is Mary Shelley's Blues, I believe, but there was so much more. Could you give me some background on how this all came about and why these songs are so important? Well, it was a chance meeting a few years ago. I was outside a supermarket in Dundee and I bumped into a guy I know but hadn't seen for a while. Like me, he's an ex-teacher, but he's also a very talented musician. His name is Paul Fitzpatrick. And we were doing that catch-up conversation. And in the course of that, I said, since leaving teaching, I write poetry. And he said, he writes music. And he said, would you be interested in writing some lyrics for his music. And it just kind of grew from there. Together, we wrote 10 songs, the history and people of the city of Dundee, but not just in a kind of narrow local context. I wanted to put it in a, a wider international context so that you have themes like, well, Mary Shelley, obviously, is very international. There are songs about the Irish famine, William McGonagall, about the First World War, about Dundee's connections with Winston Churchill, etc., etc. So we wrote these ten songs together, and Paul's idea was to try and use different styles of music depending on the subject of the song. And when we came to Mary Shelley, we chose a blues song for that because, given some of the more tragic aspects of Mary Shelley's life, um, we felt a blues song was appropriate. The idea behind the song is thinking of Mary Shelley's creation and almost as a parent of Frankenstein in a literary sense. It's about the power of life and death, which is part of the idea of Frankenstein, and wondering how that impacted on Mary Shelley. She could not possibly have known in the early 19th century what an international, universal, iconic creation this was to become. And that's the kind of basic idea behind the song. To briefly recap on the whole album, called More Than Seven Wonders, the idea was to try and use it to make a contribution to a children's charity. It's the official charity of the Tayside Children's Hospital. 
I was in touch with Archie Foundation. They are really nice people, and they're doing some great work. The Archie Foundation is the official charity Tayside Children's Hospital in Scotland. It's a children's charity. There is a promo video on YouTube, Archie Foundation Jukebox and Co. called More Than Seven Wonders. You can purchase it from the Archie Foundation online shop. Or if you message John Quinn from Dundee, Scotland on Facebook. Thank you, John. This has been an extraordinary moment for me to look back at a time and a place that influenced young Mary Shelley to create Frankenstein. Thank you for that. A pleasure to talk to you. Hopefully we'll speak again another time. Listeners, thank you for joining John and me on Tea, Toast and Trivia. I leave you with this quote by Mary Shelley. Learn from me, if not by my precepts, at least by my example. How dangerous is the acquirement of knowledge and how much happier that man is who believes his native town to be his world than he who aspires to become greater than his nature will allow. Until next time we meet, dear friends, safe travels wherever your adventures lead you. <laughs>